2: Here we go again. It's time now for another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Monday, May 21st. This hour, an update from the nation's capital. It's Greg Cluxton, SRN News White House correspondent. Also, Jimmy Carter at Liberty University is 2018's most surprising yet hopeful commencement speaker. So says Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor. We'll have her on at 435. Stay tuned. We all planned a great program for you today. Unfortunately, that may not happen. But here's John Hall and Kathy Evans.
3: I'm telling you, I didn't hire that guy. <laughs> yeah. Don't we have a more stringent interview uh, process? He
4: is very snarky, that guy. huh? I'm not sure if he's a fan or not. <laughs> hey, welcome. It is the Friday, or the Monday edition of the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Kicking off the week. We're not quite sure, right? <laughs> no, yeah. we're sure. Yes. We're
3: sure. Today's the first day, the first day. Of
4: the rest of your life.
3: no that I was hot in about nine months. Oh. Like I was outside at a picnic today, and I thought to myself, I have been, seriously, I've been cold for like, I feel like three years, Yes. and today was the first day. It wasn't just like warm, like I actually was hot, and I nice. thought, ha, ha,
4: ha. However, yes, it I'm is.
3: finally in summer. I love it.
4: So it's hot outside, but it's freezing inside.
3: Right, I have to put a sweater on because it's so cold in the studio. What
4: is up with that, huh?
3: So What's up with that? I don't know.
4: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, good to see you, Kath. How yeah. are things? Good to be seen. Yeah.
3: Uh, interesting this date in history, John. I know you like those. Oh, I do, yeah.
4: Yeah. Sort of look back, right? Yeah.
3: After 30 seasons, Johnny Carson hosted his final episode of The Tonight Show.
4: Really? Mm-hmm. Today, today. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, it doesn't seem that long ago.
3: Yeah, well, how so what year do you think it was because you're very good isn't Mike he's creepy good with guessing years. he's
4: scary good uh, I would say John let me think, so 30 years right he held the, he held the chair for 30 he,
3: years. Ha, he held the chair 30 years
4: <clears throat> let me think back um, so Jack Parr early 60s but I don't think Jack Parr uh, was there I, I was saying uh, uh, 1992 uh, would be the year right yeah 1992, 30 years. Stop. That's the year. It it is? Thank you.
3: What is this freakish
4: ability you have? I don't know. I just know. I've got a good handle on past time, not so much on present time.
3: (laughs) Wow. All right. Yes, it was was this date in history, 1992.
4: Yes, and late night television has never been the same. I
3: love The Tonight Show now.
4: Oh. You do. I love it. I don't step to watch it. Oh uh,
3: well, I don't either. But I watch oh, clips. You? Okay, yeah. You know, I watch it the way do you? you watch anything now, which is in yeah, yeah, YouTube yeah. clips. You don't. You don't like Jimmy Fallon?
4: I don't dislike Jimmy Fallon, but um, after Johnny, this is just shows my age. After Johnny Carson left. And I suffered through Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Yeah, it was, which was a shame. incredibly mediocre to me. And David Letterman, who I used to love, became super snarky he sure and, did. and deeply negative. And so unpleasant. I just stopped watching. And, you know, now yeah. with a new, you know, with Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Colbert right. and, uh, right. you know, et cetera, I et cetera. I,
3: I can't get into any of the other ones, mm-hmm. but I like Jimmy Fallon. I think okay. he's more lighthearted. Do you think so? I agree. Oh, he's yeah. definitely lighthearted. He's more lighthearted. He has less of the hard cynicism of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy who's on HBO? I don't John. Know. Uh,
4: John Oliver. John Oliver. Listen, John Oliver is a brilliant monologuist. He
3: he is, but he is so aggravating.
4: Seriously, no, see, to,
3: I can't stand him. I would I watch him. I can't. You. I can't do it. Because
4: I, I think he's he's interesting to me. He,
3: okay, he's interesting because he
4: especially he's got an outsider perspective. He's not an American, and I when I hear his monologues, I I tend to nod my head with him. I just think he's pretty interesting.
3: Okay, I I mean I. am yeah.
4: I'd go out of my way to watch him as opposed to anybody else. Yeah, I hate like to tell you, com- I hate to tell you, you're completely wrong. Well, maybe, maybe that's true. But yeah, you know, you know what? Different stroke.
3: Yeah, I just, I, I, the, the one of his monologues that I saw, uh, that I invested the most time in, and his monologues are very long. Is this one on crisis pregnancy centers, which was the most? Oh, I didn't see un-fact-based didn't based. Rant. Really, I, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely, completely ridiculous. It was propaganda. It was not now based see, in fact. Now look, so it that's drove me absolutely out of my mind.
4: So, can you ever imagine Johnny Carson doing get, that? Of course, of
3: course not. not, because you know why we were all just looking for a laugh. Exactly. We weren't looking to make a social statement.
4: Right. How do you carry that angst with you to bed? That's I don't, what I want know. I don't I mean, know. Why would you I do that? Could
3: never watch that. Because in the old days, bed.
4: It was just a party. It was right? a little blow off. Yes. You laughed a little bit. You f- went to bed happy.
3: Right. That's all. Who do you? So there were two guests on Johnny. I don't know the answer to this, so I'm telling you right now. I know one answer because I remember. There were two guests on his last show.
4: Uh, I I remember one one of them. I remember Bette Midler. Bette
3: Midler, that's the one I remember.
4: Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart wasn't alive in 92, was he? I think he was. Really? I would say Jimmy Stewart, although I may be wrong.
3: What about the... um the guy from the from the zoo, was San Diego Zoo, the guy oh, that would Jack, bring it. Uh, he cracked me right my, up. He was so awkward. I loved him.
4: It was one of the careers he that Johnny Carson him. built.
3: Yes. Don Rickles, maybe.
4: Oh. That would have been a good one. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a good one. Right. I'm you just see, thinking
3: what, of people who were like iconic on that show, like Joe Williams. That would have been good, too. Yeah, but Joe, yeah. Ben Vereen.
4: No, not Ben Vereen. Because no, remember, towards the end ben of Vereen. Ben Vereen's career, it kind of went nutty. Remember that?
3: No, I don't remember. Yeah, that. he
4: kind of imploded, and it's just like I think he was running down, you know, the freeway wild. <laughs> I remember that the
3: quote unquote freeway. Yeah, not the actual freeway. Yeah,
4: no, no. Um, Mike, are you, are you efforting that? Who were who was Johnny Carson's last two guests?
5: According to Google, Robin Williams. Oh,
3: oh
4: Robin Williams
3: and Bette Midler, right? Yes. Really? Okay. We, okay, we you got that. Yeah.
4: There's a new book out about Robin Williams, which uh, chronicles the heartbreak of Robin Williams. last, I don't know few years Mm. just brutal robin williams was so uh sick and so medicated that i I mean i didn't read the book but i I read an excerpt from the book and then i read reviews of the book that he lost his funny oh no first time in his life he wasn't funny no he wasn't funny he knew that he wasn't funny oh my
3: gosh how do you deal with that it killed him
4: literally it killed him yeah Wow! So there's a new, uh, it's a brand new book out. It's being sold everywhere. Every time I wow. turn around, I see an ad for it. Anyway. Okay.
3: Anyway, so those were the last two uh, last those two those guests two of Johnny guests. Carson. Okay. So would you put Johnny Carson as your favorite? Without like, a doubt. Okay. I don't even. Definitely. I never saw Jack Parr, so I don't know if, what that was like. Yeah,
4: Jack Parr was kind of like an angst-ridden. He was kind of. He reminded me of. Remember Richard Lewis? No. Oh, Richard Lewis was this. I, I love Richard Lewis. Uh, he might still be out there. Richard Lewis was sort of like. Uh, a, a very anxious, uh, kind of dark uh, presence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Jack Parr could also be hugely entertaining. The, the country had never experienced anything like this before. I mean, it, you saw that on radio. You're, you heard it on radio, but you never witnessed someone bright and funny and spontaneous mm-hmm. like Jack right, Parr was. Right, okay. But then he imploded.
3: Right. So, and that's when Johnny Carson took over, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Now, New Mike, do you remember Johnny Carson? You were like five when I don't. he started. No, okay. No, he couldn't ever.
5: I watched I watched some episodes of Johnny Carson Since? on MeTV. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's a hard
4: that's a hard one.
3: Yeah.
5: yeah, but you were like maybe six years old or
3: Goodness, something. Yeah, How old yeah. were you in nineteen ninety two? Five, five. Okay.
4: Did you guys have TV?
3: Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. All right.
5: What do you yeah. I watched, What do you think Newcastle is, I John? Up, I grew up watching uh, Arsenio Hall. Oh my gosh, oh, that, was Arsenio he, Hall was good. And Jay Leno. Oh my gosh, what yeah. was what was
3: the movie with him and Eddie Murphy?
4: Welcome oh, to America. That
3: is yes. the greatest. Yeah, that's one of my all time favorite movies. Great movie.
4: Yeah. What about Norcinia Hall? Because he was like, you know, he was such for a, a long big time. star. Yeah. Now he's. Like, did
3: he get in trouble? What, I what don't think he, he did. No, career? I think
4: he lost. I don't know how he lost it or something.
3: He had that late night show. That yeah. was one of the first like uh, auxiliary shows. Like it wasn't on the one of the major exactly. networks. You know what I mean.
4: Like in the W, uh, right? CW, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was called, right? Oh,
3: he was such. Oh, he was such a talent. I think
4: the last time I saw um, Arsenio Hall he, he was Was he coming like, to America. No, he was doing like an infomercial. He was selling like blenders or something. Seriously, not to be mean. The mighty had fallen. You know, he was he was as big. Well,
3: astar- I mean, it depends you were on. Find. Depends on if you need a
4: blender. Well, I guess because if you need one, I had never used a blender.
3: I never use a blender either. Mike, do you use a blender? Yeah, all
4: the time. What for? What? What are you making? No Yogurt? shakes. Milkshakes, you know who's making a milkshake.
6: I would Vanilla love to ice make a cream, milkshake. Peanut butter, well, him, bananas. He, he weighs about one hundred and three. I know. 3 pounds,
4: I know. My, you, I know, know yeah, you know. You know.
3: My goal in my weight loss campaign is to, to stay under Mike. Right. Like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just want to weigh less than Mike. Stay away from a blender. That's all. That's all I want. Um, my husband uses my husband uses that is that me trying it's to stay book. in my pants? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my husband uses a blender every single day of his life because he's doing the kale the thing. kale shake. Oh, yeah. Right. He does. <laughs>
4: the kale shake. God bless him. God bless him.
3: Coming up next, we're going to talk to Greg Clugston. It's our weekly update from the nation's capital. We'll talk about the president demanding the Department of Justice investigate what's been going on with how we have investigated the story with Russia. That's next. Today's Ride Home.
5: 101.5 WORD.
1: Okay, everybody in the car.
7: Where are we going, Daddy? On an
1: adventure.
7: Yay!
2: Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can
8: enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D.
3: Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know that now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings, up to 40 40%. 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Mark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So... Call Marley Financial now. Reach out at 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 or marleyfg.com
9: Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the
0: independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. When you're hiring, you don't want to sort through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using our intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Host a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search indeed.
1: Hi, this is Tun and kick off your Memorial Day weekend with me and my good buddy Craig Wolfley on Saturday, May 26th at the Great Lawn across from Heinz Field for our 16th annual Walk for the Homeless. The fun begins at 8 a.m. and ends with lunch and festivities. Money raised that day will benefit Light of Life Rescue Mission, an organization that provides food, shelter, and hope for Pittsburgh's homeless and hurting. There are many ways to get involved, form a team to walk, become a business sponsor, or volunteer for more information visit light or call 412-258-6128
4: every monday we check into the white house srn news white house correspondent greg clugston joins us to bring us up to date greg how are you sir welcome
10: back hi good to be here john kathy thank you
3: so it's always interesting. I mean, it's interesting every single day to follow the president on Twitter. But it seems like the weekend it just gets even more—I uh, don't know—crazy nutty. Um, but I think it was Saturday when the president uh, said that he demand he's going to demand that the Department of Justice investigate what's been going on with the Russian investigation. So is he sticking with that, Greg?
10: Yeah. In fact, uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, a, a private. West Wing meeting wrapped up. The president was meeting uh, with, among others, the FBI director and the deputy attorney general. Really? And uh, now the White House says that, and they confirmed the meeting, the White House did, the press office, and said that this was a meeting that was uh, scheduled last week. Uh, and that it was focused on having Congress better cooperate with some of, of the requests and the administration on, on documents that intelligence committees are seeking on the Russia probe and, and such. But obviously, with the demand over the weekend from the president on Twitter about having the Justice Department essentially investigate the investigators right, in let the me, Russia let me, probe.
3: Let me break in, because I found the tweet. Um, okay. it, it, this is what he said. This was on Saturday. He's, or no, it was yesterday. He said, I hereby demand and will do so officially tomorrow that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI slash DOJ infiltrated or or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes. And if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration, exclamation point.
10: So that tweet followed reporting late last week that. There may have been some sort of source or informant or someone attached to or connected in some way with the Trump campaign that was providing information Mm -hmm. to investigators about possible Russia collusion or contacts with the Russian government during the campaign. And so... You're right in saying, Kathy, that yeah, over the weekend, the president, you know, went Twitter crazy a little bit in terms of the volume and the sentiment he was expressing in those messages about his, his real unhappiness, obviously, about this investigation, which we know has been boiling for some time. He, he keeps calling it a hoax and uh, and a witch hunt and all the rest. So, So this demand is very interesting because it sort of takes it to a new level where, there has there often been, especially in modern presidencies, uh, a line between what the, what the White House, what the president does and says in terms of staying away from and giving distance to the Justice Department for uh, its investigatory work. Even though the Justice Department falls under the executive branch, there is that, uh, there is that line of demarcation mm-hmm. between them in terms of independent processes. Right.
4: Now, I, I, I'm sure it all remains to be seen. This will eventually wash out one way or another. But boy, the president doesn't do himself any favors by going. I mean, even today, he was on Twitter complaining about John Brennan at length. Um, it just he just looks it looks weak responding to these things that are not even out in the open yet. I, I, I just think he looks weak.
10: You know, it was interesting, you know, he made an appearance today at the CIA, uh, for the swearing in of the new director, uh, just a few hours after, as you point out, John, he's on Twitter, uh, criticizing and arguing with the former CIA director, John Brennan, yes. about this. Now, Brennan, Brennan has been a public vocal critic of the president especially during this russia investigation but at the same time i think your point is is a fair one in terms of how the president uh... is viewed or comes off when he is uh, having this this feud in social media with a former intelligence official and uh... it just raises questions about you know whether the, the president uh... you know whether this is a move that smacks of desperation on his mm-hmm. part what's the legal strategy or Certainly, if this is not legal strategy, this is just some sort of political strategy to continue to, um, you know, try and taint the, you know, taint in the minds of Americans that this is a, um, or put in the minds of Americans that this is a tainted process that it, it is an actually a biased uh Russia investigation so that whatever the results may be of the probe uh there will be a sufficient number of supporters of the president who will simply dismiss it because they uh they believe like the president that it was not fair all the way along
3: Greg Clugston with us SRN White House correspondent uh, Greg I wonder how many um Americans are keeping up with this story about the investigation itself and the investigation of the investigation and the accusations that are going back and forth. I have to be honest. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when Clinton was president and we had, you know, we had the, the cattle futures thing and then we had Whitewater and then we had Monica Lewinsky thing and then we had Vince Foster. It just, there, the details of, you get so, st- if if, you know, this is our work and so we have to get stuck in the weeds, but I wonder if it just goes over the head of the average person.
10: Right, and and some of those previous presidential-related investigations lasted for years. Right. We just we just marked the one-year anniversary of the Robert Mueller Special Counsel investigation. It already seems long, but uh, in comparison to some of those previous investigations, they uh, you know we've got a ways to go. It may not last that long. Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, who's uh, one of the president's latest lawyers, t- team members on the legal team. We did say yesterday that uh, if the president were to uh, give some sort of interview uh, with Mueller, the special counsel has indicated that part of the investigation could be com- concluded by September. Now, that's just coming from Giuliani. We don't have that uh, confirmation from from the special counsel. So that, that remains to be seen. But in terms of how the, how the public, how the American people are responding to this, I, I, it's probably, uh, you know, obviously it depends who you ask, although uh, I have talked with some people who um i've I've seen uh, some old friends and and some relatives and things uh, uh, in recent weeks and uh they're either in the camp of they're closely following all of the developments and they're very tuned in and they have their uh, very specific opinions of what's happening right. or it's just the opposite they uh you know it, they gave their, up their eyes yeah they, they just shut their eyes to this right. and their ears because because uh, their like eyes glazed say,
3: over six months ago it, and they can't figure out what's going numbing. on yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
10: Too they're too numbed around. by right. it and they're they're just tuning out
3: and I, Greg, I wonder if you've had any contact with anybody else at the FBI um, who's not in top leadership and I wonder how the, um, how the FBI uh, workers themselves, the employees are dealing with an, an erosion of trust um, that the American people are showing in them, certainly that the president is showing, showing in them, and the president's supporters are taking on as well.
10: Well, you know what's interesting about that is uh, ever since James Comey was fired a year ago, uh, the F, the morale has been a question at the FBI. Now, the White House claims that there were a lot of rank and file members of the, of the FBI who were unhappy with James Comey. Yet you talk to, um, any number of people, uh, both former and current FBI members, and, uh, that wasn't necessarily the case, meaning that there was support mm, for Comey okay. among large numbers of people working there at the Bureau. So, uh, you know, the White House obviously was was wanting to, you know, put a put a positive, you know, spin and approach on the president's decision, which uh, was at the time controversial and remains so because it really did spark the the naming of a special counsel. And the president does talk about when he's when he's complaining about either the intelligence community, whether he's referring to the CIA or the FBI or any other department in the government dealing with intelligence. He often uh, will say it's you know the workers and the rank and file. You know, it, he doesn't have a problem with them. He just has a problem with some of the uh, the upper ranking management. And uh, he's he's long had quarrels with uh, the very top people of these agencies since he's been in office.
4: Greg Clarkson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. So, Greg, let's turn to, to some work that is being done, because clearly the administration mm-hmm. is succeeding on some fronts, whether you uh, want to talk about China, which is what's happening with the, the trade deficit and all that, or what's going to happen with China and North Korea and South Korea.
10: Yeah, South Korea's President uh, Moon Jae-in is coming here to the White House tomorrow. So he has talks with President Trump uh, at midday here tomorrow. And it's interesting because just last week, North Korea called off some high-level talks with South Korea. And uh, they, you know they, they've had some warming relations here in, in recent weeks. Yet there was a discrepancy last week, and they called that off. And then, then of course, last week we had this threat from North Korea that the summit with the United States next month uh, is in jeopardy. And there's still some question as to whether that's on, whether that's off, and exactly uh, you know what's going to happen regarding that upcoming summit. So obviously this is a, this is a huge topic of discussion tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Korea has really been acting in a lot of ways as an intermediary between the United States and North Korea. On this matter and working with the, with the Trump administration. So they're going to be, these two leaders are going to be uh, talking about this tomorrow. And, uh, obviously, you know, when you're talking about denuclearizing a, a key region of the world and uh, dealing with a government, a closed and, uh, and a very controversial government and regime like North Korea has. Uh, There's a lot at stake here. Mm
3: -hmm. And talk about the the president's approach in dealing with what's going on uh, with the ongoing violence uh, in Israel, and especially on the West Bank there. Um, So we know that he's a supporter of Israel, and obviously he's the first president who's actually acted um, and not just spoken on moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Um, But what are we hearing from the White House on that?
10: Well, the administration generally has taken the approach here the last week or so, especially since the you know the the embassy uh, was opened in Jerusalem, that it's really it, it's really Hamas and uh, those supporters on the other side of the border there that are to be blamed for uh, for any of the violence and for the deaths that have occurred along that border region there because uh, they, you know the White House and Israel and other allies have said that, uh, Hamas has been rounding up a lot of its uh, supporters and sympathizers and, mm-hmm. you know, sending sending them to the border uh, and trying to uh, to raise this ruckus here. Uh, and so, obviously, there was a lot of news coverage last week uh, with Israel responding to that uh, threat at the border and, and obviously having those clashes, often deadly in cases. And so there were a lot of news reports that gave, uh, you know, really negative coverage to Israel for its handling of that and the U.S., obviously as you point out was very supportive and continues to be of Israel. Right.
4: So Greg Memorial Day is next week. What happens uh, during the holiday? Does uh Washington shut down for uh, for the foreseeable future at least?
10: Well, in some in some ways it does, especially when you're talking about Congress. Uh, any any chance there's a opportunity to uh, close down uh, congressional uh, operations for 2 weeks for a one day holiday that's wow. usually the case that's <laughs> I mean, crazy
3: i want yeah i want i want to find a way to institute every, that here around the station yeah.
11: yes every,
10: every yeah, yeah when you hear about congress sc- schedule Kathy people have one you know they have a couple of reactions one is I can't believe they get away with that and two how can I
5: get in on right, that?
12: Exactly.
3: exactly I uh, mean yeah anger can turn to envy really fast
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Greg thanks enough a lot always a pleasure
10: good to chat thanks guys. You as
4: well Greg Clucks in SRN News White House correspondent information by Greg wordfm.com
13: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to fine arts, service activities and more. Eden Christian Academy. Christ-centered, student-focused and mission true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with JD Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Vellante and the team at j Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. JD Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY.
11: Hi, this is Clint Hurdle, manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want to invite you to the ballpark on Friday, July 27th for our annual Faith Night at PNC Park. After we host the Mets, some of our players and I will be discussing what an important role that faith has played in our lives, both on and off the field. Join us and visit pirates.com slash to reserve your seats. We're looking forward to seeing you at the ballpark. More details at wordfm.com
8: slash pirates. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at compassion.com slash radio. That's compassion.com slash radio.
14: Mostly cloudy skies tonight. It will be mild with showers and thunderstorms around, mainly after midnight, a low of 65. More showers and thunderstorms tomorrow into the evening hours, otherwise still mostly cloudy with a high of 79. Staying cloudy later tomorrow night as we dry out with a low of 59. That will lead to a comfortable Wednesday, dry with some sunshine and a high of 76 degrees. I'm Weather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
4: Are you watching anything on uh, Netflix right now?
3: Yes, I am. Thank you for asking. What are you watching? Uh, I'm watching the Dr. Brown Mysteries filmed in Australia. <laughs> it's a set of stories on uh, post-World War
4: II Australia. Oh, oh post-World War II. Which is
3: something II. I know nothing about, yeah. zero about. And so I, I thought it would be interesting. Hmm.
4: I bet it was a nice time to grow up in Australia, post-World War II.
3: Uh, well, since it's a murder mystery show, it oh. seems like someone dies every seven days regularly. <laughs> You know, so it seems awfully, really? awfully dangerous. That's
4: dangerous country, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm watching. Um, I just finished the series on Netflix called "Evil Genius," which was this – oh,
3: this that's f- a documentary.
4: Yeah, that's a- based
3: on the bank road. The- exactly right.
4: in Erie. It's fabulous. The weird story about this guy. Remember the, the uh, this guy walked into a bank, a PNC Bank of all places, in Erie with this with this bomb fashioned around his neck. He was a pizza delivery guy. And he bo- said,
3: if you don't give me what I want, this bomb's going to go off.
4: And it did, it, but the bomb exploded. And so they, they sort of traced back these long steps of these crazy people who were, they thought they were smarter than the police. They thought they were the smartest people that they you know, were connected with. And of course, the whole thing came back to them and they were ultimately convicted and they died in prison.
3: So how many episodes was that?
4: It was short. It was only four episodes. Okay. But it was, you know, I remember that case very well. And it was an odd case. So I was like, oh, I gotta watch this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so Netflix uh, today has announced that they are creating a production deal with uh, former President Obama. What? A multi-year production deal with Netflix in which he and Michelle Obama will produce television shows
3: what? and
4: films for the streaming service.
3: Why? Because they're producers.
4: Uh, they're, what, I guess, do they know gonna,
3: what do they know about TV and film production? Well, you know,
4: it's interesting because while the Obamas were in office, they had deep friendships with Hollywood. Yeah, that's true. So they probably think, well, we can do that. It doesn't seem that hard.
3: Well, okay, but... If- you, but they're not going to do it.
4: Here's the deal. The Obamas will produce scripted series, unscripted series, docu-series, documentaries, and features that highlight issues and themes the president pursued during his eight years oh, in office. What,
3: this is going to be like, what, these are
7: propaganda films? No, 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 no. Like, no. He,
4: he said the former pre- uh, the president is, uh, and his advisors have rejected the approach that they will try to assault uh, President Trump's uh, work. Okay that they believe that uh, Mr. Obama will become a convenient political target for the current president as a result the Netflix deal is unlikely to be a vehicle for any sharp partisan rhetoric by the former president okay uh, barack and michelle okay. this is the uh, this is the head of the uh, the uh, Netflix Content services. His name is uh, Ted Sardos. He says Barack and Michelle are among the world's most respected and highly recognized public figures, are uniquely positioned to discover and highlight stories of people who make a difference in their communities and strive to change the world for the better. So my guess so is. So how
3: many millions of dollars is that deal worth?
4: That's it. So Netflix probably cut a very nice check for the Obamas. The Obamas now will hire people who are in the know. And then probably they'll be produced outside of. But my, my guess is Michelle and Barack Obama will nod their head and give the thumbs up that that's worthy of production or not. That's what I would imagine.
3: So Lena Dunham's going to be one of these producers. That's my prediction, right?
4: Lena Dunham. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Sasha.
3: One of her. One of the Obama daughters did an internship. At Lena Dunham's show, <sighs> Lena Dunham is rough. Uh, Rob, Man, that's she is tough to take. Holy smoke, she's tough to so take. Probably I always should thought be that was. I always thought that was a a poor uh, place for your daughter for your daughter to hang out. You have got but, that right. I mean, their daughters seem lovely. So they hopefully lovely. they have passed by all of that. But yeah,
4: so maybe it'll just be a family affair. Wouldn't it, Wouldn't that be cool? To, I mean, to have that in your family. Hey, we're gonna hire. These really creative, well, of course fabulous it would writers? Be.
3: of course it would be. But that's not available to people who don't have that last name.
4: So, no, no.
3: Which is what they always said was so ridiculous about America, that that's the way the Bushes were, and that's the way the Kennedys were, and lo and behold, now it's the way the well, Obamas you know, are.
4: and it's not obviously what you know. Obviously, many it's times who it's know. who you know. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you mine that after right. eight years in office.
3: Okay. So we'll see if anything good comes out of it. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, shows or –
4: Well, how about this? What if, what if uh, President Obama won an Oscar? Well, he already,
3: be, he already won a Grammy.
4: Exactly. So that would be like, can you imagine that Oscar presentation? Right. I mean, so that place okay, they, oh, can you imagine that place would go, spontaneously oh.
3: combust <laughs> with love and affection and adulation?
4: I mean, I, you know, okay.
3: He could carry his Nobel Prize up there, too.
4: Anytime you give anybody some creative heft, you've got to wait and see what's going to come down the pike. I mean, I right. love the idea. Of, I
3: mean, Al Gore won a Grammy. Did he win an for Oscar? For his reading. Was
4: for the audio book.
3: Yeah, the audio book of... The Late Great the Planet Earth, I don't know, Inconvenient he, Truth, yeah, whatever that's what it, was. it was. that's what whatever it was. That's what it was. Okay, so he won that. I think Clinton won for an audio reading of something as well. You can, so. now,
4: here, when you listen to audio books yeah. and you hear the incredible pulled, talent. Oh,
3: yeah, for sure. You think you want to have Al Gore read that?
4: Could, but could you imagine, I mean, how dry I know, reading have, The Inconvenient it, Truth. T- could, <laughs> can you imagine you win a Grammy for that? Right, I As know. though it's some like spirited performance. I know. So it's all, you know. I don't know. I, I I look forward to see what's happened. It, what what happens with Great. this? Anytime I that you give someone that sort of carte blanche for creativity, right? I mean, I mean, it'd be, be better
3: to watch that than the Billboard Music Awards,
5: Mike. What do you say? Oh, Mike was yeah. watching that last night. Yeah, Mike, you turned that on. Were you excited about that? I I only got to watch it for like thirty seconds because
4: oh, tell the story because <laughs> you and I shared this.
5: <laughs> I turned it on for like a split second, and my wife walks in. She looks at me, she's like, "What?". Oh. are you watching <laughs> all of a sudden what <laughs> is this yeah why are you watching this so now uh,
4: you're back in third grade yeah i i get the same thing how,
5: how am i supposed to know that girls are going to be dressed or like dressing provocatively and you're dancing right. provocatively i only turn on for like a split second she walked in at the exact moment mm, that this was happening right and I then, get, ag- then again hashtag me too yeah, yeah. You know? right. <laughs> <Right>. oh, <laughs> oh
3: gosh I'm sorry right. I missed that last night don't you
4: get that do you ever get that like I'll, I'll turn on like Mike is doing I'll turn on the TV set and so my wife has this particular thing against the show now this is cra- against the show Cops
3: Oh, because it's I can't stand that either. I cannot stand that. So I kind of like it. Come I mean, on. it. Oh, come on! I mean, oh, it's just so. I Good mean, you golly. get to see like you know. Talk about oh, I'd like is. I'd bad like boys, to watch some boys. angst.
4: What I, you gonna I'd do? I'd for sure like to watch some angst. I mean, so then I, I turn that on and literally, like, my my, my it's been on for thirty seconds. Yeah. My wife walks in and I'm like, I have to like quickly grab the remote and change it. Like I'm doing something wrong, <laughs> right. and I'm like, what is wrong with remember me? When, I to apologize for this. <laughs> do you remember when Jennifer Garner's
3: uh, first show was on Alias? Remember it was like you know, fifteen years ago, maybe. I loved that show, and my husband, who doesn't watch TV, would always say, "What's that show? Is it like some soap opera?" I said, "It's not a soap opera. It's an espionage show. It's for sure not a soap opera." Every time he walked in, Someone's she'd kissing. be wearing nothing, right? <laughs> and he'd say, "Oh, so what? This is like you know some kind of like provocative thing?" I'm like, oh, "It's it's an espionage." Yeah, yeah. So ever since then, he's like, "Yeah, I know what that Alias show uh, is all about. Yeah. I saw a lot of it. I was like, you didn't <laughs> see." judge me
4: the shame of watching show? something inappropriate that is my, your spouse does not like oh
3: i like that show
5: yeah 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 that's yeah, it's better always... than better than cops yeah that's true oh
4: oh like now all of a sudden like you two are on me too <laughs> thanks a lot
5: 101.5 word
8: Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous.
3: There's an app for that, right?
8: On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101 1.5 WORD. Individual results may vary.
13: My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some
12: impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He had trouble making friends, having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. I feel like all I did was yell at my kid all day. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to brain balance. There is our life before brain balance and there's our life after
15: brain balance and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different life. Why
9: just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call
7: 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. You know, it's hard for us to say no or wait. Hi, it's Mike with Bible League International and what a joy for me to be in studio last week on the two days of hope, sharing what God is doing in Africa and giving you the opportunity to become a Bible sender. We're holding open the floodgates because there's a great need for Bibles in Africa. We know we can't solve this for every Bible is Christian on this continent where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but where it's very, very difficult to get a Bible in your own language. But together, Bible League and Word FM have said, "Let's solve this for five thousand Christians." What if we don't? Well, we'll need to circle back to them and tell them no, or wait. And that's hard knowing they've prayed many years for a Bible. We want to be able to say those Bibles you're praying for they're coming all it takes is five dollars to send a bible would you be generous and call 800-670-9110 800-670-9110 or give it wordfm.com today
13: discover eden christian academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to fine arts, service activities and more. Eden Christian Academy. Christ-centered, student-focused and mission true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. pittsburghchristianschools.net Jimmy Carter was at Liberty
4: University. He uh, gave the commencement speech this past weekend. A surprising mix of Mm -hmm. old politics and new politics, maybe perhaps liberal and conservative coming together. Karen Swallow Pryor is with us from Liberty University. Karen's a senior senior fellow at Liberty University's Center for Apologetics. Fierce Convictions, The Extraordinary Life of Hannah Moore is her latest book and also one's in the pipeline. But, Karen, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much.
3: Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Karen, before we talk about Jimmy Carter at this year's commencement, talk about who the past speakers have been over the last 5 or so years.
15: Oh my goodness. We've had so many such a range of speakers. Of course, um, last year was President Donald Trump. Right. Um, and we've had we've had a number of uh political speakers such as Mitt Romney, um was one we had a few years ago. We had Glenn Beck. I guess he's sort of a, a, in in the area of politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite ones, actually, um, was Randall Wallace, who is the writer and director for a number of films, including Braveheart, most famously, mm-hmm. um, lots of other films. He was uh, excellent. Um we had Rashad Jennings. That was just that was perhaps two years ago. He was a, he was an excellent speaker. He's an NFL player and a graduate from Liberty. Um, so we've just we've had our wide range. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bush a few years ago uh, when I think he was he had just it was just before he announced that he was running for president, and then of course later on did did run but didn't uh, didn't get elected. So lots of speakers at our commencement, yeah, well, and definitely, yeah, more more on the political side, but lots of entertainers and athletes and so forth. As well. Yeah,
3: but kudos to Liberty for having Donald Trump last year and Jimmy Carter this year. So talk about what the commencement experience was like this time.
15: Well, it was. Of course, our commencement really begins the night before because we have the traditional baccalaureate, baccalaureate right. um, service as well, um, and you know in most schools it's it's if they even have it it's more of an option it is an option for the students but all of the faculty um, go to baccalaureate so um it is quite a large event and uh, interestingly enough this doesn't usually happen but um but Jimmy Carter attended baccalaureate as well nice. and um Jerry Falwell noted that he was actually the first commencement speaker to come in a day ahead of time and spend time touring the campus and visiting. And so um, he just kind of stood in the audience um, while he was uh, listening at baccalaureate and got a standing ovation. It was very, very, mm. a very sweet moment. Um, but usually our speakers for baccalaureate are, you know, ministers. Um, they're almost always ministers or religious leaders. Um, and so that, that is who we had speak at baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Commencement was actually, is the largest commencement that we've ever had. Of course, they do get bigger every year. Um, uh, I think we had 8,000 graduates and 40,000 people scheduled to attend. We had, we're coming off of um, just about five or six days of torrential rains. Um, So it actually did rain a little bit during commencement, but it stopped enough so that it could go on um, in ponchos (laughs) and, um... It's just—it's actually been an extraordinary thing that we've never had to have the outdoor um, commencement canceled in forty-five or so years. Wow, so, that's excellent. Um, yeah.
4: So then, as Jimmy Carter spoke, uh, what's interesting that uh, all the major news organizations talked about his topic was that he said he believes that the single greatest challenge facing the world is discrimination against women and girls. And then he held forth. He, you know, he gave numbers about 160 million girls and women are not alive today because their parents killed their daughters at birth or boarded them as fetuses because of the laws and customs uh, that favor sons. I mean, that had to be pretty even even with a very pro-life Christian university um, that that's not something you hear from the podium often, is it?
15: No, it's not. I was really, it really took me aback a little bit. I mean, I know a little bit about Jimmy Carter. Um, and, you know, of course, he has quite a legacy, not just in being president, but even in his years of service afterwards. And I was actually surprised. I did not know until um, President Falwell um, noted this when he was introducing Jimmy Carter. But Jimmy Carter, when he was president, actually was the first president to push against federal funding of abortion. And I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that he was, like most, not all, but most Democrats, pro-choice. Um, and, you know, I've, I've seen some some feedback from people that suggest, you know, he's not, you know, he has a sort of a mixed record. Um, but way back then, he was supporting limits on abortion, which would never, never fly um, in the Democratic Party today, I don't think. And so he does have a record of at least being um, cautious and reserved about abortion. And then to hear him You know, I actually just did a double take just to make sure I had heard correctly Hmm. um, that he did mention specifically abortion Mm -hmm. when he talked about the worldwide um, oppression and discrimination against women and girls. It Mm -hmm. was quite quite a dramatic moment, although his speech was about a half hour long and he mentioned a wide range of of issues facing human civilization today. So he didn't really just focus on that. He covered a wide range.
3: Now, we also haven't talked about the fact yet that Jimmy Carter is 93 years old. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing that he was able to deliver a speech like that, and also to make it a two day event, to attend the baccalaureate, and then to handle commencement.
15: Yes, it was it was so touching and endearing. I mean, he was seemed very from my, the far distance that I saw him, but for, and and listened to him, um, he seemed very strong and bright. Of course, he has had he battled cancer, and mm-hmm. I, I believe that he has overcome that. Um, I think my my favorite moment, perhaps, uh, besides his mention of the of the important issues facing women and girls across the globe, is that he said that uh, if he and Rosalind stayed together for two more years, um, they would be married for, I think it was 74 years or something like that. <laughs> what a testimony wow. to um traditional marriage and, and fidelity that, that was very,
3: very Fabulous. touching. Wow. I, and yeah, I have to say this again, Karen, it's, you know, for, for the pigeonhole that our culture puts Christian universities in as being, you know, particularly ideological and particularly stringent, um, about teaching and behavior and all those sorts of things. Liberty has shown itself in a 12 month period to be more open-minded than pretty much any other university in the nation.
15: You know, I have to agree. I went to a a, a state university um, for my graduate work, a very liberal university. And I remember, I'm sure there are more, but I remember just one um, national conservative leader coming in all of my years there. And there were were a number of years that it took me. um, And so, of course, liberty leans conservative. That's no big secret. But I think that we have a wider range of speakers from a variety of perspectives than any place I know.
4: That's good. That's really good. Hey, Karen, so um, now you've got a little bit of downtime, although I'm sure you're always super busy, but uh, essentially you just recently put your latest book to bed, yeah?
15: Yes, I did. Yes. Very recently. It seems like it took a long time. So what's now that we're like? gearing up for the release.
4: <laughs> Tell us the process. I mean, you go through how many how many months did it take you to write it and then hand it over and then you kind of go, it's out of my hands right now.
15: Yeah, Well, it was um, over two years, I think, from proposal wow. to writing, wow. um, t- turning it in. I think I turned it in in October of last year and really just finished the final edits in in the end of March or April, um, you know, going back and forth with editors. And then there weren't major changes, but it just, um, you know, you really need to, to make sure that it's it's as perfect as it can be. Of course, it won't be perfect, but... Um, but it's as good as it can be with as, as few errors as possible yes so um and it, yeah, releases it, when? it feels good yeah when does it, it releases it releases september 4th so okay. we're already we've got the launch team assembled the advanced copies are going out you guys should be getting one if you Yay. haven't gotten it already thank you um and so yeah i can't wait to to talk more about that and September. That's not,
4: Wonderful. It must thrill That's you to have that crazy piece of machinery because there's something inside your mind. It springs out and it's worked and worked and worked and worked. And then finally one day you let it go and then it shows up at your you know doorstep in a box <laughs> and there's you, right? In, in, contained in some sort mm-hmm. of sense. It's a wild thing, isn't it?
15: It, it really is, um, because it's such an internal kind yeah. of process in your head, and then all of a sudden it's out there a tangible object. <laughs> um, it's wild. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like giving birth to a baby, I think. I haven't done that, but it's as close as I've come, and it I helps bet. me imagine it. So, um, yeah, I hope, it's, I hope it's one that's received well by the world. And, and, and that's it. Um, so
4: yeah, what about that? So do you, you know, is there a period where you go, oh... Now you've let it go, and then you have to wait for some sort of feedback. Right. I mean, that's got to be horrific yes. as well.
15: <laughs> it is, although the feedback is is starting to come in. It's gotten a couple of mentions in Publishers Weekly and Good. a couple of endorsements, and so it's it's encouraging. But then you have to brace yourself for the for the people Onslaid. who find it not quite what right. they were hoping. Right. And, or yeah, and of course you know that's, that's bound to happen. So right, and of course um, Twitter exists, exciting. so yeah. there'll
3: be also <laughs> it's a lot of bravery.
4: Yeah. To be an author is not for the faint of heart. No, it is it? Isn't.
3: Not today. No, I guess not. it never. Yeah, I no. guess it never was. But it just seems like you have to be braver exactly. now. We're Karen. We're thrilled. We can't yeah. wait to read it.
4: Yeah. What's the name of the book?
15: It's called "On Reading Well: Finding the Good Life Through Great Books."
4: I love it. Very nice. Well, Karen, thanks enough a lot. We always appreciate you coming in and uh, being an eyewitness to what happened yesterday or Saturday with Jimmy Carter. And we look forward to the release of the book. And of course, we'll have you on in the meantime.
15: Great, thank you guys
4: Our pleasure Karen Swallow Pryor from Liberty University Uh, She's an author of several wonderful Mm -hmm. books Her latest, which is on the shelf right now Fierce Convictions, The Extraordinary Life of Hannah Moore
9: Karen Swallow Pryor
12: Dentistry isn't what it used to be. It's really come a long way.
9: Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock.
12: The pain management techniques, the comfort that we can offer now, really make it a much more pleasant experience. We have a great team. They really help to put a patient at ease. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really,
3: I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them.
9: On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
3: It costs about $47,000 a year to keep one person in prison. With 2.3 million inmates in the U.S., that's over $60 billion a year. And what about the cost in broken marriages and families, the wives and kids of inmates who are doing time on the outside? Thankfully, Kairos Prison Ministry is making a difference. In fact, this nonprofit, non-denominational ministry has been around for nearly 40 years, training Christian men and women like you and me To proclaim the gospel to inmates and their families and to demonstrate the tangible love of Jesus Christ. And they do it all free of charge for state and federal institutions, reducing the rate of recidivism from 50 to 20%. If you've been looking to do something bold and meaningful for God, consider doing time with inmates and their families. New 25-member teams are forming now. To find out more, call 412-368-6691. Kairos Prison Ministry, 412-368-6691.
4: Hi, this is John Hall. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good, real good. Last night, I fell asleep fast. Then I dreamt about tropical beaches, little puppies, a mountain of candy, and steak. I mean, that's a really good night's sleep. And I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's all thanks to my pillow. And that same great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go. Right now, inventor Mike Lindell is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Get two full-size My Pillows and two go-anywhere pillows so there's no excuse not to get a good night's sleep where. Wherever you go. Plus, they're machine washable and dryable and are backed by MyPillow's famous 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. Just call 1 800 961 9207 and use the promo code WORD to get the four pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and get the four pack special today. That's 1 800 961 9207. Or visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code WORD.
14: Hi. Okay,
4: so I like to follow space news. I'll put that in quotes because yeah. that covers a wide range. So apparently there is a new asteroid that has been discovered by astronomers. Um, it's got a long, of course, a scientific name, but they're calling it BZ for short. Okay, Now,
3: and, and there are a lot of uh, asteroids, so why are they following this one?
4: This asteroid apparently had its origins in interstellar space now mostly the asteroids that you see around us um, you know came from the same what topography the big bang bang, and they clustered together so they're
3: in orbit in different solar systems right right? just like planets are in
4: orbit yes but occasionally there are some just discovered one last winter and now this is the second one that have come from so far away that they are not part of our backyard which is odd.
3: So I wonder how they end up Yes. Yeah, how do they end up like in our in orbit? So around our sun.
4: Something happens to set it off from a, a regular from its original course, okay. whether it was a collision, an explosion, or something, and they find so there's been this asteroid that's been floating around Jupiter.
3: Okay. How do they know that it's not from our solar system?
4: Yeah, that's a like good what, question what's as the, well.
3: They can't do like, you know, DNA analysis. No, right?
4: they don't. But apparently, There's a way to find this out. And this new asteroid, which is this big old hunk of rock, is now part of us. And so they're all excited, they, uh, astronomers and Mm -hmm. the scientists who would hope to go visit this thing. Because, you know, now they've created spacecraft that land on asteroids. Which is
5: crazy, and I love that idea.
4: And fly away. So it's the beginning of the Big Bang. I don't know. It's very cool.
5: Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5
15: WORDFM, Pittsburgh,
5: a service of Salem Media Group.
15: With SRN
10: News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Government watchdogs are questioning Pentagon claims on Afghan
8: war progress. The military asserts momentum at America's longest war has shifted to Afghan government forces. But a report from watchdogs at the Pentagon, State Department, and USAID takes issue with that, saying there are few signs of significant progress by those forces. The report released by the Pentagon says the Taliban continue holding territory and launching devastating attacks around Afghanistan. The report does note Afghan forces are getting better, but says their numbers continue declining. The Trump administration launched a new war strategy last year aimed at forcing the Taliban into peace talks. The report says there's little publicly available evidence that it's working. Sagar Magani at the White House. On Wall Street, the out by 298 points to 25,013. This is SRN News. Hey everyone, this is Ed Glover
16: from Urban Impact with today's Man Up Minute. At Urban Impact, our desire is to see radical transformation, to see God do a great work in lives of families. And we know that it starts with holistic ministry for one child, one family, one block at a time. That's how we've taken on the north side of Pittsburgh. So why do we do this? It's because children from fatherless homes are four times more likely to be poor. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. And 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions, well, you guessed it, they come from homes where there's no father. So today, we're going to challenge you as a man to be on a mission, to help those that don't have a father, to align yourself with our Heavenly Father and His desires to work His grace out through you, that you might transform a life Remember, all it takes is reaching one child, one family, one block at a time. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information on our Man Up Conference on June 9th, visit us online at Pittsburgh.
3: A moo moo here
13: and a moo moo there Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, Inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84 PA On a Saturday before Memorial Day For our annual Farm Heritage Day During this annual event, two giant tents will hold 20 plus old time crafters Sharing their wares with you like sheep shearing, wool spinning, quilting and leather punching Our old fashioned chore girls will be churning butter, kneading bread dough and rolling pie dough, and they'll need lots of helpers too. Take the tour of our modern milking facility where you get to try your hand at milking Sally the tour cow. The Springhouse Cooks will feature all kinds of fabulous eats inside too, so come hungry for hot roast beef and gravy, real mashed potatoes, and so much more. Farm Heritage Day at the Springhouse on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, 11 to 4. Let us share a little of our farm with you. Springhousemarket.com or give us a call at 724 228 3339.
9: Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at
1: antiochianvillage.org. A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small frosty only at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Price and participation
14: may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Mostly cloudy skies tonight. It will be mild with showers and thunderstorms around, mainly after midnight, a low of 65. More showers and thunderstorms tomorrow into the evening hours, otherwise still mostly cloudy with a high of 79. Staying cloudy later tomorrow night as we dry out with a low of 59. That will lead to a comfortable Wednesday. Dry with some sunshine and a high of 76 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
2: It's another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Monday, May 21st. This hour don't fear the robots fear the robot philosophers our guest is dr jay richards also coming up the mission of a food truck in pittsburgh our guest jordan robarge well it's time to see if this truck will start here's john hall and kathy emmons where's the jumper cables
4: a Monday, let's get back at it. Hey, thanks for coming along today. It is the Monday edition of the Ride Home. Kath, a pleasure to be with you as well. How are you?
3: Happy to be here on National Weight Staff Day. Oh,
4: yeah. But yes. before we get
3: a National Weight Staff Day, I need to ask you this. Okay. Since I'm the only girl in this group, hmm. did you watch the royal wedding?
4: That would be no. <laughs> I did not watch a lick of the wedding, and it wasn't out of protest or disinterest. I just wasn't... You
3: anti-monarchy? Is that what it is?
4: No, no, no. I mean, God bless America, and thank goodness we did separate from those people. Mm -hmm. But no, I just... You know, your Saturday's kind of limited, so how much can you squeeze in, and what comes up to the top? Mike. Did you watch Mike?
5: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Was it a choice? Is it a choice? Well, yeah, it's a
4: choice. I mean, you could have got up... Some people got up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, you could have DVR'd it as well.
5: No, I didn't watch it, but I'll tell you what I did see. Hmm. I went to the Carnegie Science Center yeah. know, on Sunday. Or Saturday it was. And every every woman that I ran into was wearing a ridiculous looking hat. Oh, oh. is that right? Oh, that's funny. What you can make a hat at the Carnegie Science yeah. Center? Yeah, was, Yeah, I, oh, I guess be, so. that's fun. That's a lot of fun. I like yeah. that. I
3: like that. Did your did Mrs. New Mike do a hat? No. 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 Did, mm-hmm. did Did okay, so
4: did, Wait, did you watch?
3: Okay, well, here's the honest truth. I forgot that it was on. All right, and did you watch *The Preakness*? So
4: <laughs>
3: I did not forget that.
4: Yeah, of course not. And
3: I didn't think Justify would win, and then, yeah, then, he, did, went yeah. and then he went and did. Um, but I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I came back, and of course I turned the radio on because that's what I do in the middle of the night, which you think is crazy, but I think it's completely normal. <laughs> and the guy who was uh, who was on uh, sports talk said, "Oh, hey, Oprah just walked in."
12: Oh oh <laughs>
3: and I was like, Oh, the wedding's on So I reached over and grabbed my phone, went to my app yeah. and then D V R'd it. Sure. Um, and then, shockingly, because I think I was just a little too sleepy, ended up butt-dialing my niece,
15: okay.
4: <laughs>
3: which she thought was some sort of emergency.
15: What time was that?
3: Uh, I don't know,
15: 4.15. <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: a lot going on. Oh, I sure. mean, the fact that I was able to get the DVR going mm-hmm. and all of that and then be able to go back Wait, to sleep. Wait, so you
4: chose to tune in at four, sports talk, yeah. then it was Royal Wedding, right. then it was your niece right. at 4.15 yeah. in the morning. Yeah, so there's a lot and going I was, on. At,
3: You know how you tell yourself when you wake up in the middle of the night, Stay asleep. Oh yeah. Stay asleep. You know oh. what? I, you have to, you talk to you know, Don't wake up. I don't cling up. to that. Oh,
4: my God. It's very very
3: right. Anyway, that's how it was, and so that's why I got apparently mm-hmm. convoluted when it came to my uh, my
4: my phone. Okay, so then you. But I did will not
3: watch, watch it, it. But I've not had a chance to watch it because I had a, I had a super busy weekend. Yeah. But I am planning on watching. Really. It. I, I could mean, care I will. Less. Here's the thing. I will, oh no. I have to see the dress. I've seen photographs. The dress looked gorgeous. Her veil was spectacular. Mm -hmm. I really am into the design of it. You know, I love, Mm. I have to see the flowers. I have to see the whole thing. I mean, I don't care who was there. I'll just fast fast forward through all that. But I mean, just the the way it's it's all choreographed sure. it's just these are people at the peak of their abilities. I have
4: never watched a royal You've event.
3: never watched no. you didn't watch when Charles and Diana no, got married? I did not. You never watched when William and uh, nope. Kate got married? I uh, seriously I could I care less. All of them. Really? Oh yeah. I just could Heck care yeah. less. It, it has no
4: sway on Sean. me. None whatsoever. You're
3: missing out. There's pomp and circumstance there. There's a lot of beautiful yeah. artistry.
4: I've got enough pomp and circumstance don't don't around my pomp. house. You don't have pomp. Oh, I do. You might
3: have some circumstance, but you don't have pomp. <laughs> There's plenty of pomp you don't around have my pomp. house. I don't think you have it. Come
4: over sometime. I'll show you some pomp. I don't pomp. think you
3: have it. I have heard great things about the sermon.
4: Uh, I've heard, now, this is interesting. Okay, so, uh, what, an Anglican priest? Yes. An American Anglican priest presented the sermon. And I've heard good things, but then I've also heard from some naysayers oh, that theologically it was not enough; that the gospel was not truly presented. Okay. It was as they came close, but here's the deal: it wasn't really a sermon. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a wedding.
3: It's a wedding, it's so like it wasn't a, a you know, it wasn't like a. It's a, a homily. It's like a little. It's, that's it's exactly like a sermonette. It. It's right. a message. Yes,
4: I heard it was um, Christianity Light.
3: Okay. Well, I don't think you should put your stamp uh, on that like yes. that. You didn't even see it. You didn't, I didn't care. I,
4: I said I heard. Okay. Okay. All right. Just saying.
3: Well, I'm going to watch the sermon. Oh,
4: yeah. Okay. Yeah, and okay, I'm going right. to come
3: back tomorrow and I'm going to tell you what I, what I thought of it. All right, good. I That's appreciate what that. what I thought of it. it
4: be a day late, but it's okay.
3: Uh, it's National Waitstaff Day, as I said. I, can you imagine how many waitstaff were on hand oh, for the goodness. royal wedding? Yes. Dear heaven.
4: Were they tipped? No, they weren't tipped. They
3: had to have been tipped. No, they're
4: employees probably of the royal household. Don't you Although t- they, had to, they had to bring in some ringers, I'm sure.
3: What does a ringer mean?
4: You know, like uh, additional help. Oh, Additional yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You of course,
3: know. because it's not like you could manage something like that with your regular staff. Where the waitress wearing
4: ridiculous hats? No, no. they were, No,
3: but I oh, love the goodness. hats. The hats are so outrageous. I mean, that is
4: fun. I, I love I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, that's... It's very creative.
3: See, you like pomp. I do. But you're acting... Okay, so it's National Waitstaff Day. Okay, so this is the day that we're supposed to let all our amazing waiters and waitresses
4: know that we appreciate what they do. Now, here's what's surprising about it. It surprises me. You were never a
12: waiter.
3: I never was. I can't believe that. I know, isn't that funny? But here's the thing, though. If you get a first job, oftentimes it's either retail or restaurant. And I went the retail way. Yeah. But,
5: yeah. restaurant. Were you ever a waiter, Mike? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that was terrible. Oh, (laughs) absolutely horrible.
4: (laughs) I waited on one
5: table. And I went to the manager. And I said, never again. If you want your business to stay in business, You waited on one again.
4: table in your was, entire waiting career? My,
5: well, I don't know. Really? The manager wanted me to wait on this table of eight, and it was oh, my first oh,
4: time. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh that's so, not fair. That takes a little bit of chutzpah to, yeah. to go after a table of eight. Or yeah, more. that's not fair, no, Mike. No, that's no, good, no. We're none.
3: prettying you right now. No? Right.
4: But, uh, I unfortunately spent years working as a waiter. Years. How many years did you Waiter slash bartender. Well, it was one of my first jobs. Um, and I probably spent a year doing that. Um, I don't know, off and on, probably five years, five or six years I was That's a, a long time. Yeah, yeah.
3: And here, here and in New York yeah, both.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, the thing about being a waiter is you can always get work. And if mm-hmm. you're a good waiter, you can make decent money. And oh, I, I bet. Oh, for sure. I always enjoyed, I enjoyed being a waiter.
3: Right. Okay. Let's talk about, and uh, we haven't, we haven't, uh, prepped this ahead of time. Okay. But just off the top of your head, mm-hmm. like, Outstanding waitstaff experiences you've had. Can you think of any?
4: Oh yeah, sure. Okay. So, well, so when I went to New York, uh, um, I, w- I worked as a waiter and a bartender at a place, and then someone said to me, an actor friend of mine said, "Hey man, you should get forget about that that retail waitstaff thing. You should become a cater waiter. So you would, you know, you work for these gigantic catering firms, and then." Later on, they sort of take what they consider their better waiters and put them into small house parties. Hmm. So I worked on Park Avenue. I worked on Fifth Avenue. I worked in the Hamptons on a regular basis. And you'd be a waiter for maybe six people or eight people. I, I, well, I've talked about this before. I was Malcolm Forbes' bartender and waiter.
3: He was Malcolm Forbes' bartender. So at one waiter. time, you know, Did Malcolm tip well?
4: Oh, he tipped ve- He was a fabulous guy. And so one time, Malcolm Ford was one of the richest guys in the world, and I would hang out at his mansion on Fifth Avenue. So I was a waiter there wow. and a bartender.
3: Uh, who Whose uh, birthday celebration did you... Elizabeth Bart- Taylor. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, sure. I what? Was, I was her waiter.
13: Are you serious? Oh, yeah, sure.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. I got a glorious waiting career. It was way better than my theater career. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how about a, um, <laughs> how about a uh, like a look at the states of the Union and what states are good tippers and what states are bad tippers okay, so t- okay Time magazine did this yeah
4: okay, they did this a couple years ago so your coastal city i mean coastal states i mean you, you would think New York would be a good uh, tipping state. you think california would would be a good tipping state, maybe Washington you know' with Seattle in there. Uh, I, I would imagine, you know, places like in the south, like Alabama. You're totally the, wrong. What? I am?
3: I hate to hurt your feelings. You're completely and totally, you're good with dates, but man, in this, the you are. The tipping thing, really? You are. You've gone way south. No kidding. Tell me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The best tipping place? Okay. So, or, the, so or, the very or, worst, wow. exactly, Sorry. tipping state is Hawaii at 14.8%. Okay. Percentage.
4: Okay. That's of, lame. Of tipping.
3: Right. That's per- We're talking about percent. You know, you, when I go in, and you and I agree on this. I put the waiter at twenty percent. Me too. And they they can only go. They're going to go down. Exactly. If they screw up. Yeah. Okay. California coastal town. Yeah, is fourth from the bottom. Fourth, really? Fourth from the bottom at fifteen point two percent. Looking at the other coastline, New York. Yeah. Is a fifth, f- sixth from the bottom. Fifteen point six percent. Really? Yeah. Terrible. Uh, the, Who's the worst? Uh, the single worst is Hawaii.
4: Single worst is, state Hawaii. For tipping is Hawaii. Let's look
3: at the top ten for tipping. Uh, Idaho.
4: <laughs> okay. Okay. Good tippers in Idaho. Arizona.
3: Huh. Uh, this is a surprise. West Virginia. Really? Wow. What? How did West Virginia end up there? Delaware. Hmm. Indiana. Okay. Arkansas. What? Kentucky. What? Iowa. Mississippi. What? New Mexico. Alaska and Michigan those are your top 10
4: wait Michigan is the best tipping state in the union
3: no that's that's the top 10 so it started with Idaho was top Idaho that's the top 10 that I just read Idaho Arizona West Virginia that's weird Delaware Indiana Hmm. Arkansas Kentucky Iowa Mississippi New Mexico Alaska and Michigan Uh, Pennsylvania kind of middling but closer to the top at 16.7 okay good so I think we're pretty good
4: I mean here's the deal uh, tipping is weird, and it's an unfortunate practice. I'd rather just too bad people have to make their living on the, the the generosity of other people. I'd rather it just be a set rate, right? And you just get a standard wage. Although you do appreciate fine service, yes, right? don't you? you? Do. Yeah, and it's an and, art
3: we are I've shared this before at Rico's every Friday for lunch of my course, family yeah. and I who's wait- and who's we, have the, we have Lisa we have the exact same waitress in fact if she's not there we're not there I'm sure we she's just love her she is outstanding yes. she's outstanding
4: Nothing better we have than planned
3: other events there and we're only planning when Lisa's there mm-hmm. that's excellent. how much we like Lisa very nice well,
4: let's take a break did um, people
3: say that about John did, did, Like, did Elizabeth Taylor say you know what I'm not even having a guy. birthday if John Hall's not going to be there no but here's there.
4: the deal I would come in I used to work at a place and, and uh, somehow I fell into to, uh, With my regulars, I would make them salads and they'd come in and go, Johnny, make me your house salad. And so I'd go back, I'd take a break from the, you know, I'd have to make salads. Wait a my, minute. Yeah. Has
3: Johnny ever made us a house Never. salad? No, no. my, this.
4: Johnny what the made me heck? A salad. Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I sort of crossed over from like, you know, waiting into the kitchen, we which caused a kerfuffle on back there. Too.
3: Come I mean, on, for man. crying out loud, so all is. you, I mean, you brought us peanut M&Ms, which is nice, but how Very about nice. a house
4: salad? Uh, someday. You play your cards right, okay? All right. Well, I expect a we tip. Should- Okay, we
3: should be nicer to him. 20% or more. No, I'm uh, 16.7. I'm in Pennsylvania. (laughs)
5: 101.5 WORD.
1: Jay Sekulo is glad we backed out of the Iran deal. President Obama not too happy about it. Uh, He said this was uh, disastrous. It was working well. It wasn't working at all, by the way. Merkel... And Macron also acknowledged problems, although they were, you know, not happy that the United States pulled out. I am happy that the United States pulled out. I think we sent the right signal. That, uh, we're not leading from behind on this, especially in the geopolitical situation that could be existing here. Jay Seculo live weekdays at one p.m. on one hundred one point five W O R D. Hi, this is Tun and kick off your Memorial Day weekend with me and my good buddy Craig Wolfley on Saturday, May twenty-sixth, at the Great Lawn across from Heinz Field for our sixteenth annual walk for the homeless. The fun begins at eight a.m. and ends with lunch and festivities. Money raised that day will benefit Light of Life Rescue Mission, an organization that provides food, shelter, and hope for Pittsburgh's homeless and hurting. There are many ways to get involved, form a team to walk, become a business sponsor, or volunteer. For more information, visit lightoflife.org or call 412-258-6128.
3: Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But... Did you know that now they're now offering the best group health plans in the nation? Typical savings of up to 40% small, medium, even large groups. Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Hi, Mark UPMC Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, because Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you. And also what's best for your employees, whether they're W2 or 1099 subcontractors without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employment employer contributions so call marley financial now at 724 884 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in pennsylvania 724 884 or find them online at marleyfg.com
4: hi this is john hall how'd you sleep last night just Pay Half Pittsburgh is
3: Pittsburgh's original deal site. Go to JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com to save money now on Pittsburgh restaurants, events, and family fun activities. Just Pay Half has over 100 Pittsburgh restaurants offering half-price deals. Take a vacation to Myrtle Beach or Outer Banks at half-price. Get $25 worth of delicious pizza from Vichelli's for just twelve fifty. Kick off your spring with half-off carpet cleaning from Sears. Take a helicopter tour of the city with stellar copters for half-price. Get all this and more at JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com.
10: I didn't want to talk she
11: just sat with me
15: that was all i really needed we got back and of course we went to different cities one day he called me out of the blue and it's comforting to know that i always can count on him to have my back we hadn't talked for a while
5: and then she texted me and we went for a walk she called me from time to time i really didn't think i needed any help
7: i was away from my family during the holidays and a friend invited me to their house for dinner really meant a lot he knew i was having a rough week so he asked
0: me to go fishing with him
15: my friend knew that i didn't want to go out so
13: she brought me dinner instead it took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to gave me some hope just that one text be there
12: your call your presence your words your support be there and help save a life learn more about preventing suicide at veteranscrisisline.net
10: We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members or their families, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to keep them secure for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently at no cost
2: for life. So that they might stand at ease. Join us at
1: findwwp.org. When someone faces their own immortality, they naturally turn to God and God's people for his answers. Christian Emergency Network can help prepare you to answer their difficult questions. Start by becoming a ready Christian at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org and learn what to say. Discover how to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically ready to respond. Sign up for the free Ready Christian Learning Track, available online at christianemergencynetwork.org.
7: Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to miscarriage, stillbirth, and a range of physical and intellectual disabilities known as fetal alcohol syndrome. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. If you drink and are planning on getting pregnant, stop. If you find out you're pregnant, stop drinking immediately. There's no cure for fetal alcohol syndrome, and the sooner you stop, the safer it will be for you and your baby.
4: So we've been fed a steady diet, right, uh, from science fiction over the last 60 years or so about the coming of the robots, and the robots are to be feared because, you know, they will take over the world. They'll take your job, my job, they'll... Just going to twist things around.
3: My first date with my husband was uh, Terminator 2.
4: Okay, there mm-hmm. it is. Killer robots, mm-hmm. right? I remember uh, way back in the 80s, Robocop. Right. Remember that? I remember that well. That was sort of like you know, a rogue robot as right. well. So now there's all this talk that, you know, now with artificial intelligence, robots will essentially take over the world. Our jobs are toast. Yeah. And there's a lot to be feared. Right. Well, uh, our next guest, uh, Dr. Jay Richards, who is the executive editor of the Stream, assistant research professor in the Bush, uh, Bush School of Business and Economics at the Catholic University of America, senior fellow at Discovery Institute. He says otherwise, that we should not necessarily fear the coming of the robots. Maybe we should fear the philosophers around the coming of the robots. Jay, welcome back. How are you?
11: great to be with you I'm doing really well
3: okay so Jay I, I told um, everybody before you came on the air that my first date with my husband was Terminator 2 mm-hmm. so <laughs> I am fully immersed in this in this sci-fi thing I've always been yeah. fascinated with how I mean I remember Blade Runner I mean, right? So, so there's this, there's always, at least since the 1960s, there's been a fascination with what this, what technology was going to bring and what type of relationship humans could have with technology. And of course, you look at a Terminator thing and of course, that is that, you know, we're going to fear the future and we have to, you know, raise up human warriors so that we can fight them. Um, but, but now that artificial intelligence is becoming more of a reality, it's not a movie anymore. We have to actually figure out what to do.
11: That's right. And I mean, it makes sense that if all we've done and just been fed, uh, the kind of sci-fi stuff, that we would imagine, okay, some point here, machines and computers, robots are going to become conscious like we are. And if you think about it, it's a boring movie if that doesn't happen. I of mean, course. what's it about? If it's, yeah. right, if it's just one of our computers, it's just still a computer. So that makes sense for fiction. Uh, but now lots and lots of very smart people actually think that we're on the cusp of this. And uh, my sense, I spent the last couple of years actually studying this in detail, I've always been interested in it, is that people are confusing a couple of different things. On the one hand, we are on the cusp of an artificial intelligence revolution and a robotics revolution. It's true, it's going to be disruptive, a lot of the things we think only humans can do. The machines will probably do, and we'll have to adjust, like we've had to adjust throughout history. On the other hand, there is absolutely no reason to think that these machines are going to suddenly become conscious persons like we are. I say, thinking that is like imagining if you make a bigger, strong enough tractor that it will become an oxen. It just doesn't follow. We know what's happening in machines. We know from direct introspection what's happening with ourselves. And these machines, no matter how fast and sophisticated they are, they're just not thinking. So they're not going to become conscious.
4: But Jay, here's the deal. I mean, I I watched the bionic man. So that, that infusion of the robot coming in as part of us, that's a whole other story, isn't it?
11: it is or at least with the you know the 6 million dollar man it was parts so le- he had if i recall correctly an arm two legs and an eye that were uh, machines and of course we're we're doing that now we have bionic arms that are not really marketable uh that that you work but they're, they're, of course they don't get at our identity if you have an electronic arm that you're connected to that's one thing Um, if you replaced your brain with an artificial brain, right, or your mind, or you could upload your mind to a separate machine, that would be really significant. Also significant would be if we could make a machine that is in no way biological, is in no way human, that nevertheless can choose and act and do things for purposes and be self-aware, that would be, that's a fundamentally different kind of thing. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing I'm essentially arguing Against is this idea that our technology is somehow by getting fast and sophisticated, it's approaching consciousness. There's just no reason to think that's true.
3: Okay, but the lean in that direction, I think, is what's bothering me. Um I won't yeah. speak for other people and so we have an Uber hub here in Pittsburgh and um so we, you know I have tons of friends who are working for Uber um are driving etc but at the same time I am surrounded I am surrounded when I am in the Oakland district of, of uh Pittsburgh which is where the University of Pittsburgh is in Carnegie Mellon right. that's a kind of our university hub uh in the city I am surrounded by self-driving cars that Uber's testing out yes. they're everywhere they're yeah. all over and I'm always behind one which is super annoying so I think it's ironic that This is a company that's employing a lot of people as drivers while also simultaneously trying to find a way to eliminate all of them.
11: Well, that's right. I mean, they've been that way from the very beginning. I followed what's happening in Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh tweaked, if I'm not mistaken, it's a bunch of Volvo XC90s using those. And it was because, first of all, Pittsburgh has Carnegie Mellon. Um, It's the robotics capital of the world in some ways. And so what you're seeing is a harbinger of the future. There is no doubt in my mind that we are going to have self-driving cars all over the place. As you said, already in Pittsburgh, um, Google is hoping to have an a- application that's commercial by the end of the year. Not only that, Kathy, in terms of jobs, the real scary stuff is the trucks. There mm-hmm, are states right. in the United States in which long-haul trucking is still the top job for men. And long-haul trucking is way simpler if you're on a highway than, say, driving a taxi around downtown Pittsburgh. Those jobs are going to mostly go away, at least in their current form, and probably in the next decade. So I'm not implying that this is not majorly disruptive or that a lot of jobs are going to go away. It's just simply that let's focus on what that actually is and not worry about Skynet and the Terminator. Right.
4: We're talking with Dr. Jay Richards. His uh, upcoming book is called The Human Advantage, The Future of American Work in an age of smart machines. We need to take a quick break, step away, but stay with us. Jay Richards is with us. We're going to continue our talk about robots in the next one.
9: Individual results may vary. He
12: wasn't developing relationships with other children. He's mainly played by
13: himself. I couldn't find anybody to help me. We did the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the neurologist and all the differentologists, trying to find something that worked for him. School really wanted him medicated. I knew
12: that Brooke could connect the dots, so to speak, because there was something just disconnected
15: for her. Something Brain Balance did for me was help me understand why Louie
12: was the way he was. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. We're going to get from point A to point B and this is how we're going to do it. At school the teachers can't believe the change that has come about. Now he has a voice whereas before he didn't have one. So for that we're so grateful to Brain Balance. It's just been amazing what Brain Balance has done for her. It's a totally different thing life.
9: Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's
8: 724-390-9012. income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities. Not available in all states. Results may vary. Guarantees rely on the claims paying ability of the insurer. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer.
5: If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity, what you don't know may hurt you. I'm Josh Melberg, founder and CEO of J.D. Melberg Financial. My company has raised over $2 billion in annuities. And when it comes to helping you maximize your retirement income, I've literally written a book on it and it's called Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. And today it's yours free. In this revealing book, I explain little known truths about annuity strategies in simple terms and unlock five secrets you should know before buying an annuity. Want to earn up to 33% more for life? Guaranteed? It's all in my new book and it's yours free. Call now and I'll also give you a second book, The Number One Mistake retirees Are Making in the Stock Market, and my free DVD showing you how not to run out of money in retirement. If you have hundred thousand or more even if it's in a 401k or an ira call now
8: call 800-732-1515 that's 800-732-1515 800-732-1515
9: why a classical christian education because kids learn differently at different ages through grammar we grasp the building blocks of knowledge logic teaches how those building blocks relate then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian
2: School, 412-242-8886. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY.
14: Mostly cloudy skies tonight. It will be mild with showers and thunderstorms around, mainly after midnight, a low of 65. More showers and thunderstorms tomorrow into the evening hours, otherwise still mostly cloudy with a high of 79. Staying cloudy later tomorrow night as we dry out with a low of 59. That will lead to a comfortable Wednesday, dry with some sunshine and a high of 76 degrees. I'm Akiweather meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
4: Dr. Jay Richards is with us from the stream. His forthcoming book is called The Human Advantage, The Future of American Work in an Age of Smart Machines. We've been talking about robots, good, bad, or indifferent. They are soon upon us, if not here already.
3: Now, Jay, you think that we shouldn't fear the robots, but we should fear people who have a faulty understanding of the nature of mankind and the nature of robots.
11: Absolutely. And in fact, in this recent piece at The Stream, I argue, don't fear the robots, fear the robot philosophers, because, um, I mean, I'm an academic, I write and speak about these things. And what worries me is how many officially smart people who should know better actually think robots are on the verge of consciousness mm-hmm. in fact there's this philosopher that I respond to in my piece in Notre Dame this is you know one of the top best regarded Catholic colleges in the world i don't think this professor is a Catholic or even probably a Christian, but he just buys the whole so-called strong artificial intelligence line, hook, line, and sinker. He's expecting uh, fairly soon here we're going to have machines that love us and want to have a relationship with us and act for purposes and all these kinds of things. And this kind of hype, I think, is really dangerous because, first of all, it degrades our own humanity, But I think it also feeds into this idea that machines and robots are not just going to be disruptive to the way we work, but they're literally going to replace us. And I mean, in the last three or so years, there have been at least two dozen books by my count that essentially are arguing this, that that machines are going to replace us. And then usually that's a prelude to some kind of really bad public policy suggestion which is unfortunately what you end up getting so it scares people for something that's not going to happen and in some ways takes our focus off of what is going to happen
3: mm. but you say that the foundation of that is just a, a faulty understanding of who we are and so if we don't understand who we are and who what our rights are who conferred those rights on us if we don't get those basic fundamental understandings then we can't possibly figure out how a robotic Presence is going to fit into the world as we know it.
11: No, that's exactly right. I mean, this is the problem. If if you're a materialist, I get how you would think something like this. If you're an atheist and you think, okay, we're just nothing but mind and matter in motion, you know, atoms colliding with atoms, we're essentially machines. Then you'd say, if we're machines, there's no reason to think we couldn't also make machines, and that's what a lot of people think. And so you'll find that a lot of people buying into this thing are in fact materialists in their worldview. But if you know that that's not true, that we're persons, we're creatures, yes, we have bodies, we're material-spiritual hybrids, but we're creatures with freedom, made in the image and likeness of the creative God. Uh, you know, and even if you're not a Christian, you should know that just by sort of reflecting on what you are, as what you actually are as an entity, then you shouldn't think this. We're, we're not going to ultimately get replaced by machines for the simple fact that we are, by definition, more than machines. So there's many that We can make machines that do a lot of the stuff we do. That's why we talk about artificial intelligence. It mimics intelligence. Mm-hmm. But all that stuff is ultimately a reflection of our own creativity, uh, of our own capacities as creatures made in the image of God. So don't, don't fear getting replaced by machines. Just try to prepare for what's coming, which is itself revolutionary.
4: Yes. So that is interesting. So when you look at uh, students in high school or college right now, many of these students are looking at their careers as to be, well, I I, I don't want to be replaced by a robot, so I'll choose this career path instead, yeah?
11: Yes, that's right. In fact, I'm writing a piece for graduates right now because I have to speak at a commencement. (laughs) And this is essentially what I advise is that, first of all, things are going to change so quickly that if you think... I'll just get a four-year degree and that will prepare me for 40 years like it did maybe for my parents. Don't count on that. What you want to do is, if you're going to college, prepare yourself so that you're maximally adaptable. So I advise my children, my daughter who's in college, I see, basically do both things. Don't hyper-specialize. Mm-hmm. So you do some technical thing, insurance adjusting or something that maybe gets automated five years from now. But also don't do something so vague. And so my daughter, for instance, is doing a philosophy degree, and she's also doing an economics degree. Or you could do a journalism degree and a computer science degree. Get a broad-based liberal arts education, but also get some kind of technical skill and expertise as well and then take advantage of all the new opportunities for continual education. Because everybody that's graduating from college right now, a lot of what they learn is going to be obsolete in a few years. and So mm-hmm. you need to figure out how to learn stuff new all the time throughout your life. That's cool.
4: Hey, Jay, thanks enough a lot. Always good to have you with us.
11: My pleasure. Anytime.
4: Hey, the robots are coming, so why not take advantage of it? Jay Richards from The Stream, his forthcoming book, The Human Advantage, The Future of American Work in an Age of Smart Machines. Dr. Jay Richards.
7: Each
9: year, over 1,500 homes and businesses across the tri-state are not replacing their cracked and sagging driveways, sidewalks, and foundation slabs. Instead, they're restoring them like new with A1 Concrete Leveling and Foundation Repair for 50 to 70% less in a single day. A1's superior process doesn't use foam chemicals, but natural limestone grout, so there's no dangerous off-gassing and no mess. Eliminate tripping hazards and save money with the area's premier concrete leveling company. Visit A1Now.com.
3: You know the moment
15: the workday is over your daily responsibilities have been met the shoes slip off and you lay back it's that end of day <sighs> that's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity
3: made locally at the original mattress factory relief from middleman markups
12: and a hard day's work the original mattress factory thoughtfully made honestly priced originalmattress.com
1: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory.
13: Next, you're holding up the line, ma'am. What did you say? You're next in line for the water slide, ma'am. Feet forward and enjoy the ride. Okay, dearie, this does look fun. Oh,
15: you melted me. I've melted.
11: The Wicked Witch
16: of the West on a water slide? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching
2: to GEICO. See what you've done! Oh! GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
4: Well, now that the weather has finally, finally turned... One of the things, you know, you think, oh, the flowers are blooming, but also the food trucks are back out in the streets. Well, you know, uh, our next guest has a really interesting perspective on who he hires and how he helps people along in their careers and their lives. Jordan Robarge is with us. Jordan is the owner of Revival Chili. It's a food truck making its way in, in and around Pittsburgh. But Jordan, welcome to the show.
6: Hey, thanks so much for having me out here. Thank you.
3: Okay, so you're a food lover? Uh, I mean, do you am, love to eat because I know you love to make.
6: I love to eat, and chili is especially my favorite food. Oh, really? <laughs> I eat it almost every day with the with the food truck. Well, of course,
3: <laughs> of course, it is. Okay, so why chili?
6: Uh, so chili started out even when I was growing up. It's always meant something to me. My parents, whenever they would make it, make a huge batch and always bring out extra to you know our church or nice. the homeless shelter or a family with a newborn or something like that. And so to me, it's always really meant community, even from the time I was growing up. And then uh, going to college, my fraternity actually would uh, make chili once a year, and that would always be the event that brought the most brothers out. You know, Mm. we would stay up late, prepping all the meat and vegetables, chopping them up, and then, you know, stay and then into the next day, even cooking the chili and letting it simmer for three, four hours, and always just, like, about community and and what it meant to me. And so then I started catering events with chili uh, right after graduation. And fell in love with it. I oh, mean, my gosh. I love it so much. I <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. stand
3: it. I'm, This is making me super hungry that okay, we're talking about But this.
4: I often think of chili as sort of a winter food. But here it is summertime. So, but chili dogs. Of course. You, you right. got it. Those I are year-round.
6: Those are year-round things. So we offer uh, chili dogs and chili burgers on the food truck as well, which I think one of the most underrated things chili on our menu. Burgers. The chili burgers? Chili burgers. You, you ever had like, you know... B- uh, pulled pork barbecue oh yeah. Sure. yeah yeah yeah, yeah that. so yeah, just yeah. think about it. you just use chili instead it's it's amazing oh my Very gosh amazing. i bet that is so I've, good. Had, I've had people tell me it's one of the best burgers they've ever had no before. kidding oh so my so. gosh
3: okay so so it's really a food trailer that you yes. have
6: it looks like a tiny house even okay people <laughs> okay. have asked me if i live out of it <laughs> and the answer is no okay I went, uh, maybe one day maybe one day all
3: right and how long have you had it
6: uh bought the trailer a year and a month ago Uh, I ran a crowdfunding campaign actually on Indiegogo and then immediately used the money to buy the trailer that I found on eBay and went down to pick it up in North Carolina, Cool. Uh, brought it back up to Pittsburgh. And I had one of the other food trucks here, uh, Kevin Heenan from Sugar and Spice, build out the inside of the food truck. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, And it only took about a month to gut it out. Put on all the new equipment and then we are rolling on May fifth of twenty seventeen. Outstanding.
4: So talk about your workforce because you're hiring people that are not necessarily prime candidates for jobs,
6: yeah? <laughs> so some people might think that, but uh so I hire re entering citizens, or people that have previously spent time in jail. Uh my connection to that, by the way, is I was arrested and convicted when I was uh nineteen in college, and I didn't think anything of it at the time. It was at the end of my first year, but when I was graduating, I actually – it did prevent me from getting certain jobs coming out of college. I see. So you had a record.
4: So all of a sudden, there's a black mark. on mm-hmm. Wherever you walk in, they go, oh, there's that guy. Yep. Forget it. He's dead to us. Yeah,
6: pretty much. And I didn't – I mean, I had an engineering degree from the University of Virginia. So, of course, I'm like, oh, like whatever. But I would go to interviews and I would get to the final round and then be like, oh, we like to. You. Like, you'll hear from us in a couple of days. You're probably going to get it or something along those lines. And then I would hear from them and they would say, Just kidding. You're you're not you're not going to get the job. We found out you you got a mark against you. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of what really opened my eyes to the problem. Uh, again, I'm from Northern Virginia, uh, didn't really kind of know the pro- the huge problem exists in right. our society, and that really opened my eyes to it. Uh, and then seeing what some of the other people are doing throughout the nation, such as Zero Six Eight here in Pittsburgh, is a great organization. Uh, Drive Change out in New York City. Uh, then Community Kitchen as well. We work closely with them here in Pittsburgh to kind of source uh, candidates. So my current full-time employee is a graduate from Community Kitchen. Uh, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever met. He cool. you know comes to work every day and is always like, all right, what do we got to do? Like, And if it's slow, he's always trying to find something to do on the trailer, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Excellent. That's great. So good. So have a heart for guys who want a, a fresh start. I yeah. mean, that's a really good thing. Guys and gals, yes. Excellent.
3: <laughs> okay, so um, tell me about your chili.
6: So we have four different types of chili, uh, ranging from like one to 10 in spice level. One Uh, to 10? One to 10. All right. Well, you could go one to five if you want. Okay. uh, (laughs)
3: Well, yeah, but it's still five, still going to kill me. Yeah,
6: yeah. Yeah, so uh, we got one vegan chili, which is like very, very mild. Uh, Classic beef chili, uh, spicy chicken chili, which is like our medium, and then our spicy beef and pork, which is our most spicy chili. Yeah. So I equate it to like an eight or nine, uh, generally out of 10. Nice. It's only for the not faint of heart. Okay, is that,
3: and so what, what, kind of peppers are you using that jack it up there. Well come on. You
6: can ask Well me that I'm special? not no, 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 <laughs> just asking. Okay. Okay. Are they dry
3: okay are they dried or fresh?
6: I uh, we use both. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. He straddles them both. So I think the one thing I will tell you, I think the one of the main things that sets that makes chili good is if you spice and brown the meat beforehand. Which I'm hundred percent willing to tell people because a lot of people will, you know, take your raw meat Throw it with like can of tomatoes and oh, no. slow cooker right. and spices. Right, like, right, that right. is not going to get you good no. chili. It's really the locking in the spices, uh, spicing the raw meat. Locking in the spices by browning it will give it a whole another depth of flavor. So like when I give people yeah. even the spicy beef and pork. When they take the first bite, they're like, oh, this isn't spicy at all. And I'm like, just, just wait like seven to ten seconds. Just wait seven to ten seconds. And Boom. then they're like, oh, uh, all right. Yeah, this is pretty spicy. And then so they, they say, cool.
3: oh, no, uh, my life is over.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I can't eat a whole bowl of that. <laughs> so
4: Jason Robart is with us. Uh, Jordan, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Jordan's with us. And um, so Revival Chili, Jordan, uh, all these different recipes, as you travel up and down the country, you got to come across people who say, this is a, the greatest chili you ever had. And you kind of go, or So chili's regional as far as national as well. Have you come across something you think, uh, you know, something in California or in Florida where you think, I didn't think it was going to be great, but it just really was terrific?
6: Um, yes, and it definitely is. So getting back to your regional point. So, yeah. you, you know, Skyline Chili. Oh, in sure. Cincinnati. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's this very cinnamon based. Yeah, I don't like chili. that. I got to be right. honest. I don't like that. Yeah. So then you might not like our chili as much because yeah. that's the flavor that comes out the most to a lot of people. Really? Is the cinnamon. Wait, um, in all four of them? And all four of them. Okay. But it's not as as prominent of a flavor as Skyline. But I've also found out that some people are allergic to cinnamon as well, which I did not know. It's very rare from what I... I never knew that. I know from uh, the customers, but... So that is, you know, a definitely an Ohio thing. Uh, and I like it as well because uh, chili so chili originates in, you know, central South America, uh, and it originally did not have beans in it. So that's why you know, when it come up into America, tech people consider Texas chili as not having beans in the chili. Uh, okay. but it's when a combination of both Americans wanting to Americanize things and the Great Depression that caused beans to be added as a protein substitute. I see. And so now all Americans think that chili is supposed to have Have, have both. But it does not it's not supposed to have beans. Really? So my three meat chilies do not have beans in them. Which I have found is a much better thing mm-hmm. because you're more likely to get people that don't like beans. Oh, then than pe- people that right. like beans are still okay with not having them. Right, and if they really, really do, then we mix a little bit of the vegan in there. Okay, because um, that's my other favorite thing is mixing the chilies together. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know if someone knows the secret menu, if they come up and they're like, "Oh yeah, give me that mix that you gave right. me last time."
3: Okay, what about the vegan chili? So wh- I mean, when I think of chili, I think of
15: meat.
6: Yeah. Of so,
3: what's in vegan chili?
6: <laughs> so ours, so you can do it a couple different ways. Uh, ours is three different types of beans, zucchini, peppers, onions, oh, see tomato, that, and potato, that'd spices. be delicious. Sure. I, yeah, the one I would thing love I that. To mess with a little bit, and I might do it in the future. Is some sweet potato putting that in there? Mm, that Sounds pretty good.
3: <laughs> I would like to volunteer to just be your taste tester. I would do it for free. But you couldn't mm-hmm.
6: do the spicy. You could do the spicy. No, so. I couldn't do spicy. But
3: I'll do like I could do like the five and under. I don't mean age. I mean, like, yeah. hotness level. And yeah, I, yeah. I love myself a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. I think it makes mm-hmm. everything better.
4: So what I, about your mom and dad? Uh, now that you've made chili your career, you know, and you're following their their pattern, do you ever go back and say, I'm making mom's chili? Um,
6: no. Oh, no. Because they like my chili better. Hey.
3: Uh, I was going to say, mom's chili isn't very good. That's the uh-huh. problem.
6: So uh, they, I mean... They're one of my biggest customers, honestly. Like, anytime I go home, I almost always bring a cooler full of chili, and they'll buy what some of it. A then perfect child. And tell their friends and stuff. And so I'll leave them, like, extra things of chili to give to their friends and stuff. Nice. Mm. Uh, so it's a lot mm-hmm, of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Okay. So food trucks weren't in Pittsburgh 10 years ago. I mean, they were in New York, yes. but they weren't in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, what happened? Why yeah, how did that happen?
6: Uh, so it started exploding at the beginning of 2016, is what I would say. And that's mainly what. I think so. I had just moved to Pittsburgh in the middle of 2015, but I think they started exploding because of a law change that occurred at the in December of 2015. Uh, cancel, Councilman, well now Chief of Staff Dan Gilman like helped propose it and push that along to allow food trucks to park in any paid parking spot uh, within the city as long as you pay the meter. Uh, not well, you have to get another permit to park downtown in the downtown area, but anywhere outside downtown, as long as you pay the meter, you can park there from 7 a.m. to midnight. Oh. Where beforehand that was not the case, so it was very hard. You had to make sure to get a permit like almost everywhere you went, Mm -hmm. and someone, unless you were on private property, and then they would allow you to park there. Uh, So still, it is gaining traction in the city. Kind of that was, you know, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's not likely, you're not likely to do well by just going somewhere and parking. Uh, Is unfortunate right now but i think it is slowly changing so for example like our schedule is booked out for most of the year right now with just different office parks around the city wow. oh, so you've got to um, locate like here at parkway center yes exactly or so we go out 376 for a couple of different places you got um there's one we went to last week i'm blanking on it now but there's office parks you know all down 376 sure, both sure. east and west mm-hmm. you got 279 north 79 south mm-hmm. just Office parks everywhere there are more or less food deserts around them, so people have to go and drive somewhere to get food. Like this, exactly. Well, you got it. don't you got that one place down there and a sandwich place over there or something like that? Listen, we can <laughs> talk about that later. Kind of <laughs> Come on, <laughs> <drive>. um,
3: <laughs> okay. So, um, so you're at the perfect time. Yeah. So, you know, so the the food truck renaissance is happening in Pittsburgh, and you can now like ride the wave.
6: Exactly. So that's what I think we lucked out, uh, which is a lot of what's how startups do succeed yeah. is by a little bit of luck in there. Timing um, is everything. Exactly. So we rode the wave a little bit to kind of gain traction immediately within our first year. So as I said, our cal- calendar is now pretty much full, which last year, it was hard to make, book as many days as we were able to. Right. Uh, but you know, by the beginning of April, almost our entire calendar was booked, which is phenomenal. And we have... Uh, we're, we set ourselves apart by doing chili because you have you do have like a decent amount of taco trucks or pizza trucks and things sure, like sure. that. Uh, but luckily, we step on nobody's toes because we're specializing in something mm-hmm. a little bit different. Right, right, That's right, good. which is nice. Well, to be honest, here it is May.
4: I haven't thought about chili, but now I've got a hankering for uh, some it's chili. All
3: I, actually, it's all I can think of yeah, right now. Exactly. It's, yeah. I'm completely ruined. Out.
4: Plus, it's dinner time.
3: Okay, one dinner last dinner question time. for you. And I've always wondered this. Can you – have the trailer be your standalone or do you have to cook in a kitchen and move it to the trailer
6: so they're like
3: health department regulations yes, in that regard yeah. okay. so we
6: actually just had our yearly inspection this morning okay uh, so you have to have what is called the commissary with your food truck which is a commercial kitchen it you can have a shared one so a lot of different caterers or food trucks might go to one so uh, for example churches so uh, earthen vessels outreach in bloomfield is currently our commissary so they have two buildings with two commercial kitchens that they rent out to caterers and food trucks. Uh, There are other shared kitchens around. Or you can get a restaurant. So some food trucks will partner with restaurants to just be able to use their kitchen or prep space. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you have to do that. But we do... Almost we do pretty much all of the cooking on the trailer because we do have a full kitchen three bowl sink and hand sink prep area a steam table, two refrigerators like all in our small
3: it's a lot trailer. nicer than my kitchen yeah it and, and it's in my house
6: right. okay so Jordan, if people want to try to find revival um revival chili what do they do so you can follow us on shows, social media we post our schedule to our weekly schedule to Twitter every single week and then we post where we are. Every day on Twitter. Do we uh, find you like, uh, on Twitter under Revival Chili? Yes, Revival, oh, Chili. Revival Chili. Right. Or you can go to actually RevivalChili.com might be the better option. I have the full schedule uh, right at the top of the page there for where we're going to be for the next several months, actually, actually.
4: Fabulous. That's cool. Hey, thanks for coming by. And also, congratulations on you know looking at a different mm-hmm. workforce and giving yeah. people a second chance. That's powerful as well. Hey, thank you all so much for having me on this. is yeah, ours, really. Uh, Jordan Robarge, owner of Revival Chili. Right. We'll post information about Revival I'm Chili excited. on our Facebook
5: I'm page. I'm following you I'm on Twitter. Forward to,
6: I'm looking forward to having you guys out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. We are I, as well. I might turn into your stalker.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hi, this is Tun kick off your Memorial Day weekend with me and my good buddy Craig Wolfley on Saturday, May 26th at the Great Lawn across from Heinz Field for our 16th annual Walk for the Homeless. The fun begins at 8 a.m. and ends with lunch and festivities. Money raised that day will benefit Light of Life Rescue Mission, an organization that provides food, shelter and hope for Pittsburgh's homeless and hurting. There are many ways to get involved, form a team to walk, become a business sponsor or volunteer. For more information, visit Light of Life live.org or call 412
11: hi this is clint Hurdle, manager of the pittsburgh pirates i want to invite you to the ballpark on friday july 27th for our annual faith night at pnc park after we host the mets some of our players and i will be discussing what an important role that faith has played in our lives both on and off the field join us and visit pirates.com slash faith night to reserve your seats we're looking forward
16: to seeing you at the ballpark. More details at
9: wordfm.com pirates. In places around the world,
16: there are elders who long for community, connection, and the opportunity to live with greater dignity. Sponsor an elder through Unbound and help bring a brighter tomorrow to one person who has helped us all build a better world. Meet one at unbound.org.
3: Seriously, all I can think about is chili. Of course. Jordan Robarsh ruined me yeah, for the yeah, next yeah. hour. I mean, can, where can I go? I don't. I don't have time to make chili tonight. I have to go eat it. It's. I have to find
4: it. I'm gonna have to try this because again, I've got this sort of bias in my head that chili is essentially a winter food.
3: Okay, you know what I love with chili? Hmm.
4: Cornbread. Of course. Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah.
3: that is the most fabulous yeah, combo. Uh-huh.
4: I decry this. So when my my wife makes this fabulous chili, but then when we had little kids, they were like uh i know i like this you know it's not i'm like so then we had to sort of scale back and we have not had you know we occasionally so she's you know it's this
3: right so now she doesn't make chili anymore kids great oh the kids are messing (laughs) all right okay let's okay speaking of the kids messing things up i saw this article in the boston globe this morning about millennials okay now when when i think of the when i think of millennials and food i think of Eating out all of the time, I think, of farm-to-table food, you know, we're going to reject chemicals, we're going to reject pesticides, we're going to do all organic, Mm. you know what I mean? That's what I think of. Well, listen to this. Even millennials, it says, a generation known for its foodie tastes, as I said, are embracing frozen vegetables and meals, (laughs) which are convenient and less expensive than takeout. I mean, the irony is so thick here. Frozen meals. so thick, okay? (laughs) Um, The recent uptick in popularity of frozen foods, which is at $53 billion a year in America, stems in part from a record high level of single Americans as millennials wait longer to form families. Okay, so people are single for longer. And so frozen meals are an easy way to control portions and there's typically very little waste. Mm -hmm.
4: Do you eat frozen food?
3: No. I I, I eat frozen vegetables. Okay. Okay. Because I think frozen vegetables are fabulous. Oh, yeah. I think oftentimes if you, if you do a little bit, bit of research on it, if they're frozen quickly, you end up with a higher nutrition level mm-hmm. even yeah. than if you buy something fresh. I love, I love frozen vegetables. So my, uh,
4: my 17-year-old has been eating these things called uh, devours. Have you ever seen this? Mm-mm. They're in the frozen food section. And at first I was kind of like, yeah, you know, what do you eh? – I liked them a lot. Oh, I, And new Mike and I. We have an affinity of both these. You go in the frozen food section, it's like mac and cheese or buffalo chicken or some kind of, you know, rigatoni and sausage. And it's all this different weird mix, um, you know, but it's a staple food, but it's 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 only three ninety nine. Okay. It's a, like, like a nice little lunchtime portion.
3: So it's like in a bowl or something? Well,
4: like a little tray. Oh, okay. Highly recommended. All it right. It devours. Sort of okay.
5: like a TV dinner.
4: Kind of, yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean the TV dinner when I was a kid. Oh my god! I thought I died and went to heaven. You've got that right. I loved the heck out of a TV Who dinner. Who doesn't love
4: oh a TV dinner? Oh my gosh! Dinner. The Salisbury When's steak TV oh, dinner yeah. oh, with uh, the no. mashed potatoes, meatloaf, the Parmesan. Oh my
5: gosh! Meatloaf oh, yeah, yeah. Is so good. Mm-hmm. When's
4: the last time you had a TV dinner? Uh, I think I was
3: probably thirteen. What,
4: mm-hmm. Mike? <laughs> probably around eighteen. What? Yeah.
3: Well, What do you eat TV
4: dinners? No, no, but occasionally, like again, because I had young young boys and they were like. Are you kidding me? This TV dinner was like, they couldn't believe how fabulous it was. So occasionally we'll be like, you know, and I'll go, you guys, you want a TV dinner? And they're like, I'm in. So the three of us will have something.
3: Okay. But let me ask you something. When you look at a TV dinner, I haven't seen a TV dinner in a long time. So I, I don't, I don't know what they're like. But when I think about how they used to be, I think I would be hungry when I was done eating them.
5: Oh, definitely. For me, at least. Yes.
4: What? Really? Like a hungry man?
3: Yeah. No, no, they're fine. I don't think I was doing a hungry man. Hungry man was bigger, right? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're I don't think like, hungry you know, man went meatloaf. I mean, I was committed to meatloaf. If you're so. eating
4: like the little Swanson thing, yeah, you know, it was yeah. like a Swanson. Well, that was meatloaf like from 1954 thing. when well, everybody was live. I, what, now <laughs> you kind of want, you know, give me that side of beef.
3: Remember, <laughs> remember the lame little dessert in
4: the middle? Oh yeah, that was the always brownie? lame. The cobbler, yeah, it was lame. Yeah, I always kind of liked
5: it though. I love the brownie. Did you really? Yeah. When, when the I brownie wasn't bad. Now you're right.
3: The brownie was not bad. No, but the pudding was terrible.
5: Hey, listen, it was all TV It was like TV half dinners. pudding,
3: half cake or something.
4: It was, it was a was, treat. To me, it was, it was like odd. sort of a step into independence. But I've got my TV dinner all as well.
5: I think they ate that at the royal wedding.
2: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.
12: This is Michael Medved for